It's another spotlight segment here for uh, Sweep the League, and we've got another fantastic guest lined up before we get into our guest here. I got to get y'all to remember you guys to uh, remember Special Leaf Tea, Special Leaf Olive Tea, one of our sponsors here at Sweep the League, and not only them, but you know, you've got to start with something hot in your life, and that's Machismo Libre Hot Sauce, so be sure to go to the Etsy store, search uh, Machismo Libre Order one of the hot sauces. And don't forget, once you order that hot sauce, head over to www.specialleaf.com. Get a cool, refreshing olive leaf tea drink to cool yourself down after getting that mouth all burned up by Machismo Libre, both sponsors of Sweep the League. So, again, we got another uh, spotlight segment here tonight. Uh, we're rolling, we're rocking and rolling literally on these spotlight segments, getting a lot of great guests in. I've got another fantastic guest in, and we're going to get into the backstory of how this kind of happened uh, between him and I. But we got to welcome from the number one show in San Antonio. And that's right. That's I'm just right. going to say, I'm going to say number one everywhere just about because they're number one in everyone's hearts no doubt about it you heard his voice no, in the background. not just in the hearts not just in the hearts on the books too where books. it matters <laughs> it's everywhere it matters books heart mind stomach wherever it doesn't matter they're number one it's Derek from the billy madison show Derek, man this has been a long time coming i'm sure yeah i know it has it's uh i don't know how long i followed you but i definitely noticed you because um being on Twitter and being involved in the sports, uh, you know, betting on sports the way I do, you know, I get involved with uh, the people of San Antonio that, you know, do sports. So I came across you uh, pretty early on. So I've been following you for a long time. So um, that makes me feel good. Like I actually, yeah, I actually have somebody way up in the ranks actually following little old me, man. That's a, that's pretty crazy to even imagine, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I think some people real, you know, I mean, they think maybe people don't notice, but a lot of time your stuff gets noticed. It's just like it's finding people to interact with it. Like I'm not as great as interacting with stuff, but I've seen it for a long time. Plus, I was, you know, when we the show on part of the Billy Master Show, Nine Nine Five Kiss, uh, San, based out of San Antonio, we're in a bunch of markets across the country. No big deal. Um, but you know, when we first moved here, in 2011, it was like I really wanted to integrate myself into the city as much as possible um and at least get to know it i didn't want to have my you know we're coming in and we know what we're doing because i'll be honest like when we were coming here to take over on kiss we didn't know what we were doing and we were coming into rec shop like it was like it was on site when we were coming in we were, we were coming in hot we were coming in at that point with our show we were humming and so we knew we were going to come in and take over but I, I, I didn't want to just rely on that. Like, I also wanted to get to know the city and the yeah. people in it and stuff like that. You know, start uh, seeing the girls that were in the city. Where's the weed at? Do I got, <laughs> can, can I get a bookie? Um, You know. You got all so that. So that's, that's why when I first moved here, I resided at 410 and Medina Base. So oh, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But I was I was in the trenches. Mm-hmm. When I moved here, I was mm-hmm. in the trenches, and I think that's why San Antonio fell in love with me, dude. You were close they were to like, Man, this. I was I was right next to Murder Creek. Yeah, you were close to Indian Creek, which yeah, Murder Creek, Sky Harbor as well. All those places. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, think of it, bro. 
I mean, I I grew up on the uh, like I've said before, the mean streets of General McMullen and Culebra, so straight west side, little Mexico is where I grew up yeah. in. So you and I can relate to that on places that we've lived in San Antonio. Honestly, man, where I live now, I live off of like 410 Vance Jackson area. So I'm in no greater place anyway. I mean, it's still a shit. Yeah, that's where our studios are. That's where our studios are at. Like, yeah, that area is a shithole. Yeah, it's pretty much a shithole, man. We've got a lot of. Bro, it's uh, right across from our street. Is It's just a fucking, it's the worst. <laughs> it's got the, it's got the worst apartments you've ever seen. But then they're right next to these, I don't know. I don't know what they call it, like gentrifying or something. But it's like they got these like upscale apartments, like right next to the shit apartments. Yeah. Like, like when I, I'm I'm pulling in, uh, to the studios, you know, probably like five thirty in the morning, and there's this uh, laundry mat I pass, and there's nothing but crackheads. I mean, they're out there like in the middle of it. Like it's just. It's, you ever it, fuck with them? Get, fuck no! What do you? What no? <laughs> Absolutely not! You ever fuck with a crack? You you literally like it, it's. You could die in that situation. Like, oh, my God. And plus, prank culture is, like, dead, kind of. You know, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, when we first moved here, you know, you get away with that. But now, like, I think people would consider that, like, bullying and stuff like that. It's weird how the – I've been on radio so long. Like, I've done it since I was 18. I've done morning radio on this show that I'm still on now. I'm 36 now. And to see the progression – of somebody who's been doing content since 2005 it's it's insane to where we started to where we are now sometimes yeah. i listen to stuff that we did way back then and i'm like oh my god dude we would be like fired immediately mm-hmm. like immediately and so it's it's been uh it's been fun trying to navigate that but also at the same it's like with me and billy it's i like how we've grown from that and we figured it out you know what i mean because at the, at the yeah. core of us I think you know we do a funny show. We have great chemistry, so we'll figure we'll figure out the rest of it around there as the landscape changes. And then as podcasting came in, and yeah, you dude. know now you've got the competition you have is insane. So it's just like people that do what you do. I mean, if you can get a big enough following, you create enough traction on social, like you can get people. You know, you can get a following just like us. Mm-hmm. And it's a, that's the key. I'm trying to get a following just like you guys. You know, I love yeah, uh, I love listening to your show and. What's funny is my my wife's like, you know, hey, I told her, hey, of all people, Derek from Billy Madison messaged me on Twitter. And she's like, so what did you message him? I said, actually, I didn't message him first. He messaged me first. And he was like, you know, hey, let's let's go have a beer or something, man. I'm like, so tell me that ain't badass about me is that I ain't scared to be like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, it's yeah, I'm not scared to acknowledge people. But I think that's just because. You know, when you, you're – we are number one in the city, like, and we have been for years. Yeah. And when you're confident, like, when you do well, it's like you don't have to, like, act like you don't know who other people are. Like, yeah. I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God, like, don't be annoying. Like, I got no problems – I got no problem uh, being the first one to reach out to anybody if I, if I fuck with them or if I tweet, you know what I mean, if I see their stuff and yeah. I like it. But I think some people might be like – they might see stuff they might be like, well, I'm not going to acknowledge that person. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah. I don't want them knowing. It's just weird. It's just weird. No, I get it. I get it. So, yeah, yeah. But no, see, it's that's just proof. I'm just a, I'm a good-ass dude. I really am. You are, dude. You're a good-ass dude. And like I said, I was surprised. I'm kidding, bro. I gassed myself up, bro. Don't, don't no, no, I, that shit. You are a good-ass dude because nobody in their right mind would have thought. I would have looked at my Twitter and I'm like, 
All right. In the fucking days of ghosting and shit and creating these fake ass accounts, this has got to be a fake ass account. And I go on there. I'm like, all right, this bro has like 64,000 followers. He can't have a fake ass account. So then starting to talk to a little bit more, started texting and stuff. And I'm like, yo, this shit is real. So I'm like, cool, man. You know, that's that's much love. And you've actually got a you're in a position where I I dream of being. And that's radio, which I've been on radio for about a year and a half. Then I came straight to podcasting. But I've always seen myself as that co-host type guy because I don't really like the hosting part. I like the co-hosting part because I can jump in. I have my little one-liners. I have my quick wit. That's the perfect job for me. So how did it all start with you and Billy? How did it just come together for you? So Billy has always been like the control guy, which is – I don't think Billy gets enough credit for how funny he actually is with him also having to run the ship. Because as you know, as somebody with the host, when you're guiding the thing, it's a whole nother thing. And he's taking live calls. Like we're like an antique when it comes to that. Nobody fucking takes live calls. Nobody does. Yeah. But to me, there's so much power in the phone. And the phones are so funny. Like people just in general are funny. But he's navigating all this, what's coming up, making sure he hits breaks on time and trying to be funny and engaging in the conversation. Me, I don't have to do none of that shit, bro. I don't do none of that shit. Sometimes I sit at my computer and I'm watching YouTube and I'm, I'm I'm talking shit. You know what I mean? And I got an AirPod in and I'm like watching like poker or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm eating my fourth breakfast of the day. I'm fighting. I'm fighting with my chick. I'm on my phone in a poker tournament. You know what I mean? Like all that. Like I get to do all the fun shit and just talk shit. And Billy has <laughs> Billy's over there sitting there captain of the ship. So the co-host to me. You know, because some people in the past have been like, oh, you ever going to be the host and stuff like that? And it's just like, I know what I'm good at. And what I'm good at is being a co-host. I'm good at my chair. I'm good at what I do. And Billy's great at what he does. And it's recognizing that our team is good. And there's no ego between me and Billy. I have an ego as far as myself against like other competition in the market Mm -hmm. or just in general on the radio. I have an ego and, um, you know, about that. But. With me and Billy, there is none. Like, we're, we understand one another. I wouldn't be in this position at all if it wasn't for him. Um, you know, because when I joined his show, it was just like, I was just a kid. I was right out of high school, bro. Like, I was like two weeks out of high school. He took over mornings. And um, he happened to be, my mom used to cut hair. And he was getting his hair cut one day. He just walked in, got his hair cut by my mom. And I just graduated high school. And I, I, I wanted to do radio. I kind of wanted to do sports radio, but I wanted to do radio. And um, I, I talked about that since I was like, you know, 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And my mom was just like, oh, my God. And, you know, because he said something about like him needing an intern or something like that. Like he was just starting. So my mom was like, I'm going to bring my son up there. And he's like, badass. So I just went up there the next day and I just never left. Like I just went back every day after wow. that. Wow. Yeah. And I went in. I went in every day, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 for three years. Never even asked to get paid. I was just soaking up game. I was just soaking up like I was in there with like three of the morning. I'm just watching everybody and I'm on air like and I'm playing a like a significant role. Like my name back then was bitch. My name was bitch boy. And I was the bitch boy. Like I was doing stunts. I was man on the street. I was getting my ass kicked. I was getting, you know, tormented. I was doing weird stuff with I don't want to talk about, you know, I was (laughs) I was in it all. I was in the mix. I was. You know, uh, but I was soaking it up. I was soaking it up from all the angles, and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Yeah. And um, right, right when I turned twenty-one, um, I had a, I, I had my baby, 
my my uh, little girl who's not so little anymore she's like 15 but um right then billy got a job offer in dallas and he was like i was like i didn't even think i was going to go with him we were in tulsa at this time and mm-hmm. i was just congrats i was congratulating him he's like ah, i appreciate it day goes on this was in like right after the show that he told me day goes on he calls me that afternoon he offers me his job as a producer he's like you want to move to dallas and i'm like oh my god so back to went to dallas damn man yeah we spent a couple years in dallas we ran into the worst boss we've ever had in our whole life who tried to ruin our career but luckily we're too strong to allow that yeah we went back to tulsa we regrouped we started beating Cox's ass. Cox is the company I work for now. We started beating Cox's ass in Tulsa. They were like, hey, we, we need to get those guys the fuck out of this market. Mm-hmm. So they were, we got a great market for you. They flew us down to San Antonio. We met with the guys. We went to Roost Chris. I got hammered. I got hammered. <laughs> Offer me a contract. And I signed that thing uh, later on in the hotel room when I was drunk. And I was eating the rest of my Roost Chris steak with my bare hands. And I was like, yeah, I signed it. We, we go downstairs the next morning. Billy's like, what do you think? What do you think of the offer? And I was like, oh, man, I already signed that thing. Like, let's get down here. Like, Damn, the vibe of the dude. city, bro, I knew we were going to pop here. Like, I just knew we were going to pop here. I knew we were going to bring a show here. We are going to energize the city. And that's exactly what we did. We came in, and it was just on, bro. It was on. You know, and, and I remember like, I remember when it happened. Not to cut you off. I remember when it It was happened. a big moment. It was huge because... And I'm going to go because San Antonio folklore here, you know, before you guys, you know, you had, you know, 995 Kiss, Legends, Lyle and Han on there. And then people see Lyle and Han, you know, off the air, what's going on. And then here comes the Billy Madison show. I remember, see, I remember hearing a lot of people because I used to listen to 995 Kiss a lot and I still do. I remember hearing a lot of fucking people around town pissed the fuck off because it's like, wait a minute, what the fuck are we doing with Lyle and Han? These guys are San Antonio legends. You can't just fucking get rid of these guys. These guys are San Antonio. Then you guys came on, and I remember them giving y'all hate. Like, who the fuck are these guys? What the fuck are they talking about? This is bullshit. We want this. We want this. We want this. Now, look. I mean, you guys stayed the course. You guys stayed the way. Number one. We embraced it. The biggest thing thing is we embraced it. Mm -hmm. We, We knew that was our moment. And a lot of shows and a lot of people... We were getting a lot. Okay, when we when we took off on that first day, bro, yeah. there was I'll never forget. There was twelve thousand hate comments, twelve thousand, and we were like, "This is it, bro. We have all the spotlight. Like, let's go. This is our moment." And we just we read the comments and we yeah. laughed at them, yeah, and we embraced it and we showed ourselves like it was the humility. It was that wasn't gonna scare us. Like the thing was, is our show was when we came in here, we were aggressive, and we really like. We li- we were at that point in time we lived the show, so like our whole lives were on the show. So there was like it was chaos, it was toxic as shit to be honest with you. Yeah. But that was the way that we designed it because at that time it was just like you have to stand out, and to stand out sometimes you need a little bit of friction, mm-hmm. and it's okay when that friction's a little real. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's okay. You can still work through it. Yeah. But on air that shows and that becomes as good like content. And uh, people, it's just real, and people love that shit. And we—that's how we came in. We embraced the hate. We showed that we have friction between ourselves. We didn't say "fuck you." You don't know what you're talking about. You guys are stupid. None of that. Yeah. We just did our show. We just did our show. When we came in. We said, "Like, let's just go put on a show for them." We were tattooing girls' buttholes. We had strippers. <laughs> like, bro, we were just popping. 
and people loved it. San Antonio loved it. And I knew they would because it's, it, you know, the dudes here are still dudes and they yeah. like, you know, that kind of humor and stuff like that. They like busting each other's balls. Yeah. And that's like the biggest show. guy that we used, we used to kill on the show was Nard. Yeah. And that's, that's the guy that we love the most. Like we're yeah. still, you know, he's family to us. Like he's back here in San Antonio. We're working on trying to get him back on the air. There was some, just a bunch of shit that went down when he left. That was drama filled in itself. Yeah. And that was all real. But that was why we popped. Our boss, our program director, who program director is the head of the station. Yeah. When we when we got hired here, he fucking hated us. That was Lyle and Hans boy. He fucking hated us. It was the general manager of our cluster that brought us in. That was like we need to bring these guys in. Mm-hmm. And we, I'll never forget when we get our when we finally got our first ratings back. And uh, in men, like men, like 18 to 34, men 25, 54, we shot to number one. Yeah. Shot there. Right. Immediately. And I'll never forget the boss was like, well, this is, uh, this, this is nothing to get, Scott, nothing to get excited about. <laughs> I was just like, man, this dude fucking hates the shit out of us, bro. And I laughed. <laughs> I laughed in the meeting because it never bothered me. Like that stuff, I didn't shy away from it. I yeah. actually liked the guy because the guy was – he did not hide that he did not want us there. He did not hide it. He even told us that he wasn't sure that we would work. He's like, I don't know. These three white boys coming in. He, <laughs> he was just like, bro, he he fucking hated us. And eventually, like, not sure, like, just a few months after that, he, like, retired or something. And I knew, like, everybody knew he was on his way out. So, like, it didn't matter that he didn't like us or that we didn't have his support. You know, we came in. They let us do our show. We did four hours talk. Yeah, you know, and that's a lot. Like four hours yeah. talk, oh, yeah. Monday through Friday, six to ten. That's why sometimes, like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drop any names to get like you know rude or nothing like that. But it's just there's some people that don't put respect on our name, and you know don't don't see that we do four hours live every day when nobody else in town does it. Yeah, nobody else in town sure. does it. Much less talk. Much less talk. Four yeah. hours Monday through Friday. Six to ten. And we've been grinding at that. And, you know, it's like second nature to us, but we're still hungry for it. That's why we stay in the game. Yeah. Um, every day we're still trying to bring it. We're trying to be funny. We're trying to entertain. Our hearts are in it. Um, our minds are in it. You know, like we're not just these old ass dudes that are ready to pack up shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I'm only I'm only 36, so I still got a lot of gas in me. And Billy, he's a little bit older, but he's younger because he takes care of himself and he works out and you know what i mean doesn't yeah. drink doesn't smoke just goes to disney so you know <laughs> i hear you dude and you know i i you know a lot of people say hey you you do sports you talk sports you're podcasting you know you were on 9 30 this and that you know yep. well you're not on 9 30 anymore so what are you doing you know what show do you listen to I said I listened to one show, and this isn't a this isn't my kiss ass moment of the show either. You're also the only yeah. show I hear. I don't listen to any sports talk in town, and it's yeah, it's not so it's much. Probably too painful. It's probably it too is. Painful too. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Because it's because no you disrespect. should be on there. Exactly. You be on there. Exactly. Yeah. That's my feel. And yeah. people call me hater left and right, and I'm like, it's not hating. I why just feel you... like you're in position. You're the position I want to be in. So why do I want to hear that? Knowing that I can. I do just better. feel. I just feel like. Um... Well, I first because when I first, you know how I first noticed you was when you and Carolina did stuff together, and yeah, you guys fucking so. popped. Yeah, you guys like so. fuck, you guys were great, like uh, because you know why? Because there was a little bit of friction there, yeah. and you could tell. Yeah, you could tell. Like I think that's why you guys made such good radio, 
and uh, that's why you guys made such good content. It's like you guys were both you're different people like me and billy are completely different people yeah but that's my dude and we disagree on stuff we don't we don't fight or anything like that we disagree mm-hmm. on stuff and we're different people and you know we've created a lot of chemistry but it it works because we are different like you know yeah. what i mean so it's just not the same perspective and then when you disagree and you you naturally you're gonna fall on the other side of things and stuff like that because i think that's the only way you do sports radio like I do a little sports betting podcast. It's just where I just give out my picks and I just try to talk a little shit on the NFL. Yeah. I don't know how people would sit there and talk about the sports like that for like long, continuous time. It's not that you have to be Stephen A and skip, but you, there's gotta be like, there's gotta be something that you're tuning in for. Exactly. Like this person and you got to take a stand on shit. And then when you have to eat shit about it, cause you were wrong. Like fucking Jake Paul, that motherfucker. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean this is a podcast, bro. You can cut all, all right, you cool, want. I cool. don't care. That motherfucker, bro. He hooked me. <laughs> oh my God, bro. I was, I was every day, bro. I was Paul brothered out. Yeah. I was, you mess with the Paul brothers, you fall brothers. Like they were, he, they were my heroes. <laughs> I can't believe he lost to Tommy Fury. He got his ass whooped. He did. That he did, man. I hate that everybody was right, though. Everybody, it's one of those things that just makes me like, you know, because I'm not afraid to take the other side, the path less traveled, if you will. Yeah. I think it, it's a, it's it's also it's the side that I'm always attracted to. Yeah. But in doing what I do, it's also a side that does give me attention because it does stand out. So like when Paul loses, people tweet the shit out of me, making fun of me, and it hurts because I was it wasn't an act like I was all in. I I thought Paul. Paul was going to knock his ass out. Yeah. I mean, I was talking shit. I've been talking shit for like two years about that fight. Like Tommy <laughs> Fury's a bitch. And, you know, and Tommy Fury, he said, I want an 18 foot ring. This guy's dumb. He's going to be in a phone booth. Jake Paul's going to. No, Tommy Fury wanted an 18 foot ring because he wasn't going to let Jake Paul go anywhere. He was going to eat jabs for eight yeah. rounds. Yeah. And he beat his ass. And it was just like, oh my God. Fuck. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm so sad because that's already over. Like that was so fun. That was so that Jake Paul thing was fun, and now it's over, and that sucks. So he really but, can't. He really can't get back on that bandwagon. I mean, he could, like, it, but it's going to be hard. So all fucked up now because he lost. So the match that he has to do is Tommy Fury, but nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. So it's not going to do anything. Now Nate Diaz, that fight is dead, and. The KSI fight is just like, I don't know. I like the Jake Paul thing because I did – you got to give him credit for, like, how he dove into it. You know what I mean? Like, he really did. Like, he was about that life. Yeah. It was just a different level. It really was. Like, everybody that said – so the thing I hated was all the people that were like, fight an MMA guy, fight a boxing guy. And I was like, yeah, yeah we're going to fight a we're gonna fight a boxing guy, and we're going to knock him the fuck out. And we, we fought a boxing guy, and we got destroyed. Yeah. And that, that sucks. Yeah, it was. So what does everybody do? Everybody tweets me talking shit, and I'm like, God damn it! And I'm just sitting in my house, mad as fuck, dude. I'm mad. I'm mad because people are talking shit, and I just have to eat it. I have to eat it, and that sucks. Nobody wants to eat it. I want to create an angle out of it, and I can't. Like, God damn it! Sometimes I had like 40 tweets drafted where I'm just like, well, the one I settled on was that uh, he took a dive because that was the that was the story. That was the storyline for every fight was, oh, yeah. this guy took a dive. So I took it as Jake Paul took a dive. 
Well, there you but go. You, you reversed it, bro. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I lost. It was a horrible tweet, and <laughs> and it sucks. And I was wrong as shit. And that you know, but that's the thing to me about sports talk that that's what you got to have. Yeah. Like some people are afraid to get in the mud about it, and you can't. You can't be afraid to get into the mud. And you can't be afraid to have friction. And you know, you know what? I hope sometimes. Like I hope. I, I wish you and Carolina would get back together. You, know, you guys were a power. You guys were a power I, duo. I'm gonna, and you know, I don't. We don't talk anymore. I mean, for obviously, I know reasons, you don't. We don't. Talk I know anymore. you don't. And I know, I know, like you and everybody else in the media and the industry know that. But I have yeah. never. I've always told myself that if there was ever a reunion tour, I would not be opposed to it because yeah. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I I brag about shit and I talk a lot of shit for my own sense, but I ain't gonna lie. I knew how good we were. I knew how good we could have been. I knew we could have yep. easily been one of the better talk shows in town. But when, for me, when behind the scenes shit happened and it got real, I had to put a stop to it. And was it my fault? I think it was both of our faults at the time. But if it ever yeah. came across where, hey, there's part two happening somewhere, I'm not opposed to talk, not talking about it. I mean, I know, I know where I stand on stuff. And that's all yep. I want to know is, is I want to know where I stand on this. I know where I stand on this. But if it was to ever happen again, I've never been opposed to it. Like, in my opinion, never. No, yeah, that's uh, – I mean, I, I still follow both of you, like, you know, separately. But it was just like you guys were a power duo. And I hate seeing people break up, to be honest with you, because as a part of being a part of, like, a radio show, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, my God. You know, sometimes that's why, I, you know, I said earlier, like how I, I don't want to be a host. Like, I love being a co-host because of just how fun and uh, stress free it is. Mm -hmm. But it's also like I know, like, I'm good in that environment with that dude, with the, you know, show that we have. And so, like, that's why I've been able to survive and continue on in my radio career. And I've never had to get a real job as of yet. Still yeah. to this day, you know. Um, and it's because I knew my, I, I knew where I fit in and I was comfortable with where I fit in. Yeah. You know, I didn't mind not being the star of the show. And in turn with that, like Billy Dibbert holds me back. So my personality comes out anyways. And it's not that I become a star of the show, but I just become like, um, like, you know, me on the show. Like, it's not, it's yeah. not like I'm just some, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, I'm good. Like, I, I like that. I prefer actually not to be at the spotlight. That's why I love Nard. That's why we love Nard is because we were like, Nard loves the spotlight. This dude is yeah. the most vain son. But he's like, I want all attention on me. I'm <laughs> the man. Like, what's up? It's, it's Nard. And it's just like, that's why we were such a good team. Because yeah. he was he was our guy for that. Like it was just like yeah, brother. And so we did. We would. Uh, he was the star of our show for sure. What's and, the uh, What's the chances of Derek from Billy Madison, you know, getting a reunion tour back together? That would That would be kind of crazy. Oh, we're We're determined. We're, de we're determined to make it happen. Right now, we uh, we're in the middle of negotiating with them. Um, we our contract expire in October. Mm -hmm. I'm confident we'll get something done. Um, you know, and hopefully we can get something done to where it works out for all of us. I'm sure of it. I mean, you, you know, I I get it, man. You know, if you're if you're the uh, the dynasty that's in San Antonio on San Antonio radio, period. You know, it's it's got to happen. You know, there's no way they cannot overlook you guys on that. 
it's well, it's yeah, and we still do. We do so well, and we're still so hungry, and uh, it's still important to us. And we bring that energy every day. It's all about bringing that energy. It's all about wanting to be there, getting mm-hmm. getting going before you go do the show. Um, for me, that's Adderall. That's that's a venti shaken espresso, extra shot of espresso. Damn. If it's not five fifty five, if I pull into the Starbucks and it's five fifty, I might have enough time, you know, to get yeah. the Starbucks and then and then be on the air at six. Yeah. But if it's five fifty five and I pull in, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking be late and Billy's gonna be annoyed when I come in. He's gonna be like, oh, were you taking a dump? You know, you're gonna make up some ridiculous thing. So, but yeah, you just gotta get going, bring the energy. Um, I feel you. I feel you, dude. I feel you completely on that. And that's that's my thing too. You know, given if I ever uh, had the shot at radio again, I'm I'm more. And I know I love the co-host spot. You know, I've yeah. done the hosting, and you're right, man. Watching the clock, making sure the comer- the uh, sponsors get read, making sure you do. And your then get out your train of thought like that. Is like, yeah, dude. Bitch, bro. It's a topic bitch. to topic, dude. And it's like, all right, yeah. got it, got it, got it, and. I love that. I do that on the podcast. But for me, sometimes I just kind of wish like, man, let me sit off to the side. Let me chill. You know what? Oh, that's some shit you want to talk about. Let's talk about that shit. Let me get down and real with it. Because y'all show when I first started this podcasting over eight years ago, it was the rated R podcast. And I mean, we talked everything from sex to, I mean, some of the craziest shit you could ever imagine. And we mixed in sports. So I love how y'all show is like that. I mean, it's tits, it's ass, it's, you know, whatever you want to talk about. It's relationships. Um, it's like all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's all, it's from anywhere from hand jibbers to mouth hugs to whatever you want to talk about. And I yeah. grew up on that. Well, I grew up because of Howard Stern. He was one of the reasons why yeah. I wanted to get on there was because of him. Now I've got him back in the backyard here in San Antonio with you guys. I mean, that's exactly what I love talking about on the air. Shit like yeah. that. No, that is, uh, for sure. It was definitely guys like Howard, especially back then, that kind of showed us the way. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing about Howard to me that I always took away was don't be afraid to just go for it and yeah. be your personality. And you have you have to. And don't be afraid to be on the wrong side of something. You know what I mean? As far as like it, if it gets an emotion one way or the other, don't reach for it because – to me, the biggest bullshit is when you reach for it. Like, yeah. I hate that shit. And that's yeah. why sometimes skipping them get, you know, pushback. But they're also just trying to sometimes fill time. Yeah. But in the meantime, with them filling time, there are, like, emotional, real, like, no, you're fucking wrong. I'm fucking right. And I love that shit. And so does the world. And that's what you – that's what – I feel like that's what sports talk almost has to be. Like, it's hard to get around that. You don't want – I'm not saying every show be, like, Stephen A and, like, Skip, or Skip and Shannon, whatever, right? Yeah. But it's just, like – I don't know. There's got to be like, there's just got to be a, you can't be afraid to be like, okay, you're dumb as shit on this. Like you're completely wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got to be able to just, to me, the biggest thing about it is you got to be able to disrespect the shit out of the people you're working with. I mean, disrespect the shit out of them. Oh yeah. Because in in our world, right. You got to be able to be disrespected, but realize that uh, we're not really disrespecting you. Like we would never, when the mics are off, you know, we give each other shit, but are we like, are we really trying to like go at each other? Of course not. Like we're not animals. We're just on the air. And it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to call you out because we're on the air. And you know what? You, yeah. you know what I mean? That is bullshit, but. No, um, I get it. I get it completely. Well, yeah. That's I get my that. thing to key. And the thing that the reason that I feel like 
everything works out. We resign is because radio is not developing talent. There's nobody young in the game, bro. There's nobody. They've really like hammered down on having like the young person that's in there, like getting their feet wet. And that's Mm -hmm. a problem. That's a problem that's going to have to be addressed, but it's an overcompensation because radio then radio had to buckle down and battle with like podcasting and all that other shit. Like there's so much competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're all fighting for so much now. And it's like that, that pool is, you know, so for us to still uh, be relevant and do our thing and really still be committed to radio, like we haven't dove, we we have a podcast, but we haven't totally dove. But we're still like, cause there's still, you still have to have radio. Like you still do have to have radio Yeah, and it's still there. You know what I mean? You can't totally abandon it. And that's kind of been me and Billy's philosophy, like with our company and stuff like that. It's like, Hey, if you notice, like we haven't really abandoned this, like we're still yeah. committed to, to this, um, you know, media here. So, um, and you don't want to spread yourself thin too. You don't want to do too much. Like when you're doing like a hundred thousand different things, it's like, I don't know. I think you spread yourself out too much. Yeah, no, yeah, for I know, sure. I know, I know a lot of people that have like radio and they just appear on like a hundred different things. I know that works for like Stephen A, but that's because it's like force fed because it's on ESPN and yeah. ESPN is going to be on. You know what I mean? Like people aren't looking for every Stephen A show. They look for one Stephen A show and that's on in the morning. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's one Stephen A show that they look for. The rest is just them feeding. And I think people have taken that motto and that aren't on ESPN and they're like, well, I'm going to do a show here. I'm going to do a billion shows. And it's like, you've now just spread yourself over like all this shit. It's like, where do I, where do I watch your main content at? And so me and Billy have tried to still keep main content as radio. Yeah. And that's, that's the way to go. You're right. Because, you know, I've, I like, you know, I like just doing the Sweep the League stuff. I like getting guests on here every now and then, you know, but the main thing is, like you said, it's kind of keeping it even flow, man, keeping the same thing going, not doing too much at all. And that's kind of what I love doing as well. I mean, I've, I want to keep it simple. I basically, the whole thing with Sweep the League is just keep it simple. We let, we, it's life, laughs, and sports. I mean, and what's kind of funny is you're probably thinking maybe in the background, we're not, we haven't talked about sports yet. I mean, it's a sports type thing. I'm the type, I, I love talking sports, but you know what? It's life, dude. It's having fun. It's laughs. It's whatever. But I do want to get into a little bit of sports talk. You've got that Degenerate Derek podcast going for gambling. So yeah, your your whole sports model is on NFL. I've seen a lot of it. We've gone back and yeah. forth on it. I've taken some of your bets and I'm like, yeah, I've hit and all that great stuff. Yeah. How did all that become, you know, into motion for you becoming like, hey, you know what? I'm going to just jump on this podcast thing. I'm going to lay this podcast down and I'm going to beat the every living shit out of everything on this podcast because I know my numbers. I know my bets. How did all this just come into fruition? Um, it started when I was a little boy. I've always been into betting on the NFL. Uh, my uncle, when I was little, he used to do a little bit of like num- like Bucky. He was a, a bookie in our uh, in our little town. He would take yeah. some action, and um, and so like from when I was a young man, like I understood point spreads. Like yeah. I understood minus seven. I understood what forty six and a half was like, you know. And I was looking at it in the paper, so it just it was with me from the time I was like, I don't know, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Eight is when I I really remember it, but um so i've always done it i've done it my whole like when i was younger in my teen years i I had like bovada and stuff like that so i was gambling and so they wanted us to at one point in time our company our boss at the time 
wanted to do like a little bit more content um nothing major just something like small yeah. and um we didn't really talk about like gambling and stuff like that on the show and just really didn't fit in because it's not really really doesn't know much about it so it, like the conversation would just be like one-sided yeah. um you know he just he doesn't gamble and stuff like that he's like scared of it or whatever and i i gamble on fucking everything that's just how bro we're we're two worlds apart yeah, bro, we're the spies on Mad TV, the uh, black spy and the white spy, spy oh, one, yeah. spy two, the Mad covers you know, yeah. of Mad Magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's us. That's us. But um, <laughs> yeah. So my boss wanted me to do it, and I was like, well, I, I'm also I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm a big bar stool guy. Like I love bar stool. Oh, yes. I, I always have. And they really went after like the gambling scene, and I was just like, you know, there seems to be like people are consuming this gambling content, and I give them all the credit in the world for that. Um, especially with where, where they've been, they've always been gambling. I've followed them since like, I followed them, uh, ever since Tiger Woods got the shit beat out of him by his wife. That was the first time I ever saw Barstool because I saw some yeah. Barstool article and then I was on him ever since. And, uh, so yeah, I really fit into that crowd. And so I wanted to do a podcast. So I did, and I was just going to get my picks. And then like, I, I, I've had like shit co-hosts like in the past that like none of them really gamble and like none of them really you know what I mean? It just didn't stick. It didn't work. So it just turned into a me thing. Cause I couldn't really find anybody to on a consistent basis, like do the podcast with yeah. is really what it lacked. And so it's just like, I don't know if I'll bring it back next year or not. Cause I don't like doing it by myself. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be like too terribly long. I kind of like the length of it because it seemed to get a lot more consumption that way. They were like under 20 minutes. You knew the five games I was betting on and you knew my quick thoughts on the NFL. It wasn't nothing serious. It wasn't nothing that needed to last that long. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, even though I do watch like all 22, mainly because I'm trying to watch those trenches battles. I'm yeah. not going to tell you like schemes and stuff like that, break that shit down for you because my, the people that are coming to me are not coming to me for that. Plus I'm not like well-educated enough to even break it down like that. Like I can want usually what I'm looking for when I'm betting on football, I go, I go. So I've had that NFL plus it used to be called NFL game pass. Yeah. And you could go watch a game in like 35 minutes because they cut out yeah. everything and it was just play after play. And I would watch every game every week. I would watch, you know, that game pass and then the all 22 and all I'm watching you most of the time is the trenches battle. Like who's got the offensive line. Cause to me, that's just, it's just everything in football. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, yeah, you see it all like it's just like if you can't block, you're fucked. You know what I mean? If you got oh, no yeah. pass rush, you're <laughs> fucked. And it's just like trying to determine that. And um so yeah, it's just like I watch the games. I, I've always loved the NFL. I've always loved the NFL more than college. I grew up in Oklahoma. We don't have a pro team. I'm a Cowboys fan. Followed them, did not follow college. I think it's because originally I'm from Nebraska. I lived there until I was like eight. Yeah. And so, like, I consider myself, like, that's my home is Nebraska. So, I'm a Husker fan. And we have just been embarrassingly bad for, like, 25 years, like the Cowboys. Yeah. And it's just tough, bro. It's just tough. It's tough when you can't win a football game. So, it's been, Both like, since Tommy Frazier. Bro. bro, Tommy Frazier. I wish I could talk to people about Tommy Frazier and let you know what a bad motherfucker he was. Very Lawrence bad. Phillips. Yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence Phillips. Phillips <laughs> the Winstrom's, like, come on, bro. We were... We were dogs. I remember we the dogs. Tommy. I remember and the Tommy Frazier years, man. Jesus, we fucked up so bad. We fucked up so bad when we went to the Big Ten because wow. we. So we used to have a Big Ten team, like we used to have heavy team in the Big Twelve, and we mm -hmm. couldn't keep up. So then 
we start shifting to a Big 12 team, and then we decide to join the Big 10. Now we have are in the Big 10 with Big 12 players. Yeah. Tell me how that's going to work out. We're going to get beat the fuck up every single game. Yeah, exactly. Long live coach rule. Bring us back to glory. But anyway, so I don't <laughs> like college. I don't like college. Um, and so I, I've always liked the NFL more. And it, I've, I've, I've usually never bet. I don't bet a lot on college because the numbers, like, I just can't oh. get over the spreads are too long. And the yeah. game, the spreads are too big and the games are too long. When they get down to that, where they're, like, stopping after every play, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, I swear to God, like, I've watched a college football game where there was three and a half minutes left in the game, and it took an hour and five minutes. Yeah. Like, college football, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Yeah. And so, I, the pro games, you, that clock is that clock is going. They got a schedule. They yeah. got a schedule. They know they know how to take care of Sundays from, from you know – Noon tonight, and they yeah. have a and they're going to keep that focus. And I love that about the NFL. It's just more buttoned up. It's more uniform. Yeah, it, it to me, it's easier to judge because they are the better players in the world. And so you can, yeah. when you're trying to judge that talent at that finite level, you know what I mean. It's just, it's just trying to find the spots. NFL is all about spots because yeah. a team, a team's going to win this game, and then they're definitely going to lose this game because these variables go into it. And they can't win. It's too, whether it be rest or whatever, matchup. And it's easier to tell that in the NFL than it is college, in my opinion. Although the thing that's tough about the NFL is it's the number one bet on sport. So it's the most tightly, the numbers, the numbers are tight. Like the numbers are on point. Yeah, there's games. There's games where even, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, so, you know, you're taking this team, they're at home and they're getting, you know, three points or it's giving three. It's like the biggest fuck in the ass because you automatically get three at home. I mean, or you're giving three. It's going to be a three-point spread no matter what. Then you've got some spreads that I've seen this past this, year. This year, if you notice, it was – they. It, I, I saw some people point it out, but it was like – it was a lot of two and a half. Like, yes. I feel like they're, they've kicked that – They've kicked that three number down a little bit, um, but yeah, no, you're you, those rules that you're talking about for sure. Or when a number like if it opens up like Chiefs minus two, and then that number crosses to where the Chiefs are plus one, it's yeah. like you, you, this number just crossed. Yeah. So you're never going to bet on the team that went from dogs to favorites. You're going to bet on the team that went to favorites to dogs. Exactly. And it's just like those those are the spots in the NFL. But that's why I've. I dominate the regular season. I, the playoffs have been fucking killing me. Play, I got my ass whooped in the playoffs this year. I got my ass whooped in the playoffs last year. And I had fucking magnificent regular seasons. I picked five games every single week. Yeah. And I was hitting over 60%. And it was just like, bro, I was rolling. I was rolling. I was having to get new bookies and shit. <laughs> like, it was it was fun, dude. It was, it was a good time. It Hell really yeah. was. Hell yeah. And I was, but, like I said, I was following you on Twitter. I was following the picks. Yeah. I was looking at them. I was taking them. You know, people was, look at it crazy because I like to bet like Jets and shit. I like to bet ugly dogs. Those are the best games it's, to pick. They, they, they're they not the best games to watch, but you just, the slugfest, bro. And yes. the games that people don't want to bet, like those are, that's why I enjoy defense, though. Like Billy hates defense. I love defense. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why. I never thought I'd be a defense guy, but there's just nothing sexier. Than when a defense is just beating your ass, just because of all of the advantages that you have on the offensive side of the ball. 
Exactly. But yeah, exactly. As you could tell, I have a I have a great love for the NFL. I really do. I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't because of it. I play a lot of poker too. Mm-hmm. So in the off season, I used to try to force bet basketball, but I was really bad at it. I even tried to force bet baseball, just because like I really am a degenerate. So I I, I got to get action. Yeah. And um, that was until I started playing cards. Like I started playing poker, and so that kind of fills my off season. Um, plus the NBA, NBA is like tough to watch. Oh, I I gave up on the NBA when they started allowing all the bullshit travel. Dude, they ruined calling, bro, bro. I feel like they ruined their sport. They did. They really fucking did, and it pisses me off because now I'm and watching then all the play. Like, oh my god, bro, they they have too much control. Yes, the the league is just falling apart. It's terrible. This league. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to coach kids every now and then, and I'm trying to coach them. Yeah. Say, oh no, you got to. I have this extra step. I have a gather step in my head. I'm like, when I was fucking playing ball, there was no fucking gather step. If you took that mm-hmm. third step, you were fucking called for traveling. If I came around the ball, I was palming the fucking ball. You see motherfuckers yeah. in the NBA taking literally five steps before dribbling. There's the a ball. clip every day. There's exactly. A clip every day. Exactly. Yeah. So the game is ruined, and I, yeah. I don't. It was ruined by the players. I think first. But then mm-hmm. the league just said, you know what? Fuck it. Ratings are good because we're allowing guys to walk with the ball. We're allowing guys to push off. We're allowing guys to do whatever the fuck they want. Let's just keep it because it's making money. I get it from the yep. owner standpoint. I get it from the league standpoint. But as a fan of the game, when you want me to teach my kid how to play basketball and I teach her the right way and you're saying, well, no, she can actually take this step or she can do this with the ball. I'm looking at you like you're a dumb motherfucker because when I played that was not legal. And it still right. is not legal. They just don't call it. No, it's not. That's all it yeah. is. Like the hand checking is whatever, but it, it, it is so much of the traveling. I, I will be honest too. Like the lack of physicality is yes. a problem. Oh, yeah. Like it's just an issue, bro. It's just like when you have sports like that, like that, I get it. Like with all, but I don't know. The NFL, I give them credit because they have really tried to. They, they're trying to – everybody busts their balls, but I, I honestly believe, like, they're trying to do everything they can to limit the head injuries and, and that and going for the head as much as they can yeah. without taking away – you still there's still a violent sport, and yeah. you still get big-ass hits in the NFL. They still have made that work, even with some of the calls that are ridiculous. We've become – as a society, we've accepted it because – you don't want to see these guys like just get their bell rocked and just be out there. You know, like sometimes I go back on, um, on the NFL game pass, whoever, and I like to watch like old super bowls. And I remember watching like the 96 super bowl, like a few weeks ago. Right. And, uh, there was like a halftime report and the guy was like, uh, Terrell Davis was knocked out of the first quarter with a concussion. He's expected to start the second half. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. I was like, oh, I stood up. I was I was in bed. I stood up out of bed. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. that game was different, dog. They said he was out with a concussion, expected to start the second half. I was like, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah, dude. And then to see where they've come now, but it's still a violent sport. In the NBA, there's no physicality at all. People, player, do players' feelings get hurt because you? I can tweet, "Hey, at Kevin Durant, you played like a bitch tonight." And oh, I'm he getting, sends it on Twitter. Yeah, 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 I'm getting responses from him, or you know, what John Morant wants to come kick my ass in San Antonio when he visits. Whatever. I, it's so they're so sensitive these days in the NBA. It's not even fucking funny, man. You're getting guys kicked out. Hey, I understand the fact 
fans, you don't want to go to a game. You don't want to talk about a player's family, nothing like that. There's there's rules on that sense. But I'm if, I'm, if I'm front court, bro, and I'm there with a beer and I see, you know, LeBron James and I'm like, dude, you're playing like a bitch tonight. Chances are 110%. He's going to look at me and this guy needs to go. He needs to go. Why do I, I need to go? Because him. I called you. You got to get country. out of it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You should not be calling him. a. That's as rude as fuck. <laughs> no, was, I'm kidding. You ain't got to get, like, you ain't gotta get rude, kicked man. out. You ain't got to get kicked out. But holy shit. Can you imagine? Right? Can you imagine like your courtside and LeBron goes and he's like, you're a fucking bitch. And he's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. I'm just trying to shoot a fucking three. Like, holy <laughs> fuck. But people, people hate people like that, though, bro. They fucking hate and. And they, they go there, they're vicious. At hockey games, they're vicious. At oh, basketball man. games, in certain cities with certain players, yeah. they can be vicious. I am – I always will think – I wish LeBron, when he went to Miami, and he, he felt like he kind of started to embrace that bad guy role, yeah. I wish he would have just rolled with that because that was how it was always going to be, bro. You're not on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and you're in high school, and you're driving a brand-new H2 before, like, they even come out. And like you're the number one pick, it, your fall's gonna come. You, yeah. I don't know how you don't see that. Like it's gonna yeah. come. Like they're gonna eat you alive, and they did, and it killed him. Like it hurt him. Yeah. It still does. And it's just like, man, you gotta have thick skin. Like people talk a lot of shit to me online, and it's like I used to like fight with people, and then over time, my tolerance is just insane now, bro. Like you could say anything to me online, it doesn't matter. I used to want to come for your neck. Like John Morant, yeah. but it's just like when you, if you evoke a reaction out of somebody like that, and you're an entertainer. It's whatever. Yeah, you you cannot let it get to you, bro. You can't because it, there's a lot of entertainers out there, like you said, like Kevin Durant and people like that. And don't get me wrong, like I I understand like the personalities that are like that, and I, I empathize with them. You know, I get I get how that would be bothersome, mm-hmm. but like most like people get bothered, they'll go on like you know. Even athletes, like there'll be a hundred good comments and one bad one, and they'll focus on that bad one. And it's just yeah, like exactly. I don't know how they do. I don't know how they do that because I, I don't know. I'm just glad that I I developed that skin. Like I I developed that because that has been probably my biggest um, help, I guess, with that because it just allows you to power on and just deliver your content. You almost got to do it the Skip Bayless fashion. Yeah. I know people bag on these dudes, bro, but these dudes are rich as fuck for doing this, and there's yeah. a reason. And Skip Bayless is rich as shit because he'll tweet out fucking anything and he won't check the replies. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, no he notifications. Turned that phone off and fucking chucked it, bro. Yeah. He don't give a fuck what you got to say. Now, it's like I there's a difference between that. He, he can't give a fuck what anybody says because literally everything is negative. Me, I'm different. I read all the negative, but it's just because I read the feedback. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're upset at a take I had or something I said. I don't wish to offend anybody like you don't want to offend anybody if you piss somebody off whatever but like you don't want to offend like make somebody like feel bad about themselves or something for some reason i've done that before in the past by just going to trying too hard honestly on the radio and you know what i mean and i felt like shit for that like that's a horrible (laughs) feeling i i don't i i don't mind getting into it with people and i don't mind being like whatever but i don't like offending people like truly like to where they're like like i don't like it's just like oh fuck man because sometimes i do go <laughs> like i'll get into the mud like i'll get into it and sometimes i go too far at least i used to i think that i have like learned that more uh i have more empathy that's for sure i think that's because my kid's getting older yeah don't get me wrong like my testosterone is still strong as fuck 
you and I are equals, dude. You and I are equals because I was the same way. I, I, if someone told me something, I was balls to the wall. I was throat on your neck, fist in your mouth, and I'm spitting on your forehead type shit because that's the way I was. But now, like you said, my little girl's nine, going to be 10 in a month. And I've calmed a lot more down. If I post something on Twitter and it pisses somebody off, I get the reply, but I don't even really give a shit about it. It's like, if I want to respond, I'll respond. But I, I was taught now by some media guys that, hey, when you respond, respond in that way where it's comfort and soothing, but still being a dick in a way. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it's like that middle line. So that's kind of what I do now. I mean, you're but... definitely allowed to defend yourself. Exactly. Yeah, now, sure. if if it's for family sure. shit, like if someone's saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, beat the shit out of your wife or whatever, then it's hands down. Here's my address. Here's my phone number. Here's everything. I'll post it on Twitter, not on DMs, because I don't do the DM shit. I'll post it on Twitter. You can come find me. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. Family's different. Yeah. You want to come for me, come for me. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. You can... I don't know. You can say anything you want about my family. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck, I, fuck them kids, dog. Fuck them kids. Man, no, I've I'm heard just, that a lot. I'm kidding. I've heard I'm that kidding. a lot. I've heard I'm that kidding. a lot, dude. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I just, I had the mentality where it's like, because I've been there, because like, uh, somebody said something uh, about my wife one time, and I went insane. And I went insane to the point where, the guy called my boss and was like trying to like get me like reprimanded, like in trouble for her and stuff like that. Cause like I was, I went a little off and, um, you know, I just learned from that. And I was like, well, that was just a little, I gotta have a little thicker skin than that. Like I gotta be a little more okay with people being able to say it, it's, it's done me wonders. Cause you get more interaction that way. You know, yeah. when people are like, yeah. when they're not afraid, when they know that they can call you out and it ain't going to be like, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah. And you just get more interaction that way. People feel comfortable. It's uh, you're not a dictatorship. People are allowed to have opinions and thoughts of what they want. And it's just like, you just gotta, it's, it's part of the game. It's part of the game you sign up for, especially when you do content. Oh yeah. You know dude. what I mean? It definitely is. And I, uh, I, like I said, I know you probably get a lot of shit talked. I know you probably get a lot of stuff, like you said. I my goal is I get to a, I get a lot of love to be honest with oh, you. Oh hell like, yeah, you do. The I shit ta- the shit talking was more. It was back when we were more aggressive. Really, now we're just trying to like make people laugh and just be funny and like make fun of ourselves because we're both ridiculous people. Yeah. And you know, if it's got to get rowdy here or there, you know, it does. But it's just like it's not the nature of our show. So because of that, I don't get as much as I used to. Um. You know, it's just really mostly support, to be honest with you. Yeah. Every once in a while, somebody calls me fat, but that's all right. Oh, man, come on, dude. No way on the fat jokes, man. Somebody's really calling you fat? What the hell is that about? Man, I am fat, but that's all right. Like, I'm definitely overweight. I'm okay. Like, it's I'm, I'm still riding for us, you know what I mean? Like, I'll always be here for big boys. I'm just like, yeah, I'm big boy. We're going to have to deal with it, you know what I mean? That's why I don't want to lose is, any more weight, just... dude. That's why I don't want to lose any more weight. <laughs> Bro, I just like eating too much, to be honest with you. Bro, especially I, being down here, my chick's Mexican. It's like, uh, what am I gonna do? I, not go to Rockies? Like, give me a fucking break. I know, especially Rockies Taco House, man. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. You you, know, you realize it's been three years since I've had a taco. It's been three years that since fucking, I've had enchiladas. That fucking sucks, dog. That fucking sucks. Oh yeah, it's been like I, three hours, bro. I went and had steak and enchilada <laughs> for my for my birthday. And again, hey man, happy birthday again. Had mariachi, had four mariachi songs by my sister-in-law. Because she's a dope boy, so she's always got money. 
Damn. So she's like, oh, she's another mariachi, another mariachi. She just like showering me and mariachi <laughs> dancers. How much did you drink that night, though? I got to know that. No, no, I don't drink. I smoke. I, hey, to each his own, man. I, I drink a lot. I don't smoke, so I drink a lot. I mean, that's my thing. Yeah, so I got to drink. I try to live, at being a dad, I try to limit my vices. Yeah. I mean, I try to, and I also do chewing tobacco, so it's like, it would just be way too much. Just like when I was betting on basketball and baseball, it was just like, I got to chill here and there. Yeah. When I was golf, I, I dive into my vices too. Like I, I got into golfing a couple of years ago and I was, bro, I, you would have thought I was trying to join the fucking tour with as much as I was golfing, dude. I had like, I had rounds going like four or five days a week. Wow. One, uh, yeah. I was playing like, I played like 15 days in a row. It's just like, I go, I have that addictive personality to where I get into something. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I watched that uh, drive, whatever, the four, F1 show on Netflix. You know, oh, you yeah, watch, yeah, I, yeah. I, I watch every episode uh, yeah. or the PGA one on Netflix. I watch every, it's just like I get an addictive personality. So oh, dude, I dive I into that. it. So I have to, therefore, I have to be careful of my vices. And you know, I you can't you. really over smoke, but you can over drink. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm you proud have to tell say, me, bro. You have I'm proud to say I've never had a DUI or none of that shit. So knock on wood, I have not either. And since my little girl's grown up, I've been drunk a few times and she'll be like, Dad, you were stupid. You were doing this. I'm like, I know. I need to yeah. stop. So I have cut back some, but there are nights, man. You just gotta be like, I, I gotta get out, man. Work week's kicking my ass. I got podcasting. I got so much shit to do. I gotta have that one night where it's kind of like, I, I gotta get a little toasted, babe. I'm sorry. I mean, that's kind of the way it is, man. That's the way it's gotta be sometimes. So it happens, dude. Yeah. It happens, man. But Nonetheless, I know we got to get to uh, the end of the show here, man. We've had a great conversation. I love this conversation. Um, I I will say this much. I've Man, I've interviewed Sean Elliott. I've interviewed a lot of big-time people. This is by far the first one that I've ever been nervous to do an interview with. And even <laughs> I'm being dead serious because yeah. it's like the personalities match. And I'm like, it's like talking to a mirror half the time, at, you know, hearing what you've heard. And uh, this has been a long time to making, but I've got a last couple of segments here. Basically, man, with Machismo Libra's uh, burning questions here. I got a couple of questions to ask you, give your best answers to them. And then we're going to end it off with one cool question sponsored by Special Leaf Olive Tea. So kicking off the Machismo Libre hot sauce, uh, burning questions. So you guys take phone calls in the air. And I know they can get pretty fucking raunchy. So what is the craziest phone call that you guys have had on the air? It was probably the call, man, there's been a couple. Uh, I'll never forget the girl that called in and wanted her butthole tattooed. And then we eventually went on to tattoo her actual butthole. Like that was, that was a big moment for us. We got a lot of pub out of that. We used to get a lot of pop for things like we could – we could break the internet in certain ways. We did it with Butthole Tattoo Girl. We did it with Nard almost fought Charles Barkley. But I would have to say um, Butthole Girl is up there. Also, I don't know. There was one time where this guy called in who um, knew, like, where some – I forget what we were doing, like, Family Secrets or something. But he called in about, like, some dead bodies that he knew that were buried. Oh, and, shit. like. Um, it was, it, we were on somewhere on the East coast or something where this happened, like Tennessee or something. I don't know, but the cops like got involved. Um, so that was a crazy call, but I, I would say the one that stands out to me the most is probably butthole girl. Damn. Dude. Just because it was just like, 
you know, she came in and got her BH tattooed, and it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it was just, it was just wild, bro. It was just wild, and it was a call, and she was like, I don't know, she was a Florida girl, so it was just, she was just out there. She was, we used to be on Tampa for a long time, and those yeah. are some of the best calls. Some of the best calls were coming out of Florida. I mean, Florida's a real like when they say Florida, like it's that's just real. Like what I've goes on down there is just like it's 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 a wild ass place, bro. Dude, we had a segment called Tales from the Sunshine State, and yeah, I guy, think everybody did. I think everybody yeah. was doing everybody in radio and stuff like that because there was everybody's seeing the same things. Like as we're gathering content for the show, we constantly see Florida, <laughs> Florida, Florida, and she's like, "Holy shit, dude." Yeah, Florida's like, like the capital. Are... And when you go down there, like you just kind of realize that you do kind of lose your mind down there a little bit. Yeah. Like we went down to Tampa. I lost my mind in Tampa. Like they started calling me Mr. Tampa. Like I, I took on like a different persona. Really? And it was like I got that's where I got I got drunk as fuck down in Tampa. But you know, yeah, we were just I don't know. It's just something being in that state. It's it's a beautiful state and but you lose your goddamn mind. Yeah. I get it, man. I get and it. And I so. think they like it. I think they like it because, you know, the whole time we're down there, like, the locals are egging us on to lose our damn mind. Like, they're trying to get you. They're like, oh, yeah, welcome to Florida. <laughs> I hear you, You're going to have to earn, have to earn your gator. <laughs> we're going to get to a degenerate Derek uh, question here, man. So another burning question here. If you had to place your house, bet your house on one NFL team to win the Super Bowl next year, who's it going to be? And this is pre-draft, pre-free agency. So I get it could change. But if you had to take one team right now, you would bet the house on knowing that if you lose, you're going to be homeless. And that sucks. I got a couple of rooms you can stay in, too, you and the family, man, if need be. But if you got to lose the house, what would it be on? Um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm so bad with the roster, like keeping up with like how many people are losing. But. I would have to say I really would like to see San Francisco with a quarterback in that NFC championship game. Not only because I made a decent sized bet back a week before or the week that Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers. I put a future on the 49ers that paid me an insane amount of money if yeah. they would have went to the Super Bowl. And that was crushing to get the NFC. It was crushing too. Cause then you had to see the Eagles. Yeah. go to the Super Bowl. So I would say the 49ers run it back. I, I just think they got a squad. Um, I know they're losing their defensive guy, but I just can't think of anybody else off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Just like, I don't want to say the, I don't want to say the Chiefs. I, I just I would say if it's anybody, it's got to be the Niners. I mean, of course, my heart wants to say the Cowboys, but that ain't going to happen because we can't win playoff games. We <laughs> fucking suck, dog. We fucking suck. We hey, went man. up to San Francisco and lay – we went to San Francisco – and said, fuck this, bro. We laid a fucking egg, man. How do we do that every time? Just like you would think one time, right? Like one time as a Cowboys fan, you'd be like, we're going to get here and we're going to fucking dominate. Because literally everybody that gets there as much as we do dominates every once in a while. Yeah. Not us. We don't win a fucking game ever, ever. We never win a fucking game. Come on, bro. We should have beat the fuck out of that San Francisco team. Even though the San Francisco team was good. But Dak gets there. Our defense is playing their balls off, and Dak can't do shit. Can't you can't do shit, bro? You just say it. You can't do shit. I, I will agree with that. And I'm not even a cowboy fan. I, I'm only a cowboy fan by marriage. If I if I want to stay married, I have to be a cowboy fan. 
Because then my wife will divorce it's, me. It's heartbreaking, bro. It's heartbreaking. Like we suck. We fucking suck. But you know what? It's like going in this going in that San Francisco game. It's like you know you're gonna lose. San Francisco didn't even play good. Like our defense dominated. They gave us the game. Like they, they were saying, are you guys gonna like win the game? It was almost like it was a script. And San Francisco was sitting on the sideline, like, do they not know they're supposed to be winning the fucking game? Yeah. Dax over there, like, I had us losing. <laughs> idiot, bro. Hey man, but idiot, at least bro. at least the Cowboys can say that they have had titles. They've been to the glory games. They've been to the glory years, bro. Falcon fan. Now, Falcon since, fan. Since Phil- yeah, that sucks. You okay, yeah, I I put everyone to rest with the Falcon. When I say, "What fan are you?" I'm a Falcon fan. Yeah, I get reminded about that shit every fucking day. That's fucked up, dog. That's fucked up. I didn't even know there were Falcon fans left. I thought all of you died. Uh, I'm pretty much. I mean, there. I'm, I'm never I'm one to there. jump off the ship. I'm never one to jump off the ship. I don't know. That to me would have been like the Titanic. And oh, it's yeah. like I don't know if I'm gonna go down with this one because I know how this one ends. Everybody dies, so I might hop off the because a twenty-eight to three. A twenty-eight to three, a twenty-eight to three, and you lose. Uh, oh. oh, it almost tops Buffalo's four losses in a row. You're right. So yeah, you're. Uh, I couldn't imagine. I would rather. I would rather be in my position than yours. Oh yeah. It's uh. It sucks because the biggest thing that sucks about it. I wouldn't care or be as hurt as much, but it's just the Eagles. Winning the Super Bowl a few like seventeen and then going back again this year and it's like fuck, dude. It's like yeah. I it was hard enough when the Giants did it <sighs> seven and ten, right? Yeah, they're the Giants, and so it's just like go do your thing. Like I don't even care. <laughs> Washington, you know I don't want to see them win, but whatever, go do your thing. Yeah, I don't want to see the Eagles win a goddamn thing yeah. ever, ever. And to see them go to the Super Bowl, oh, my God. Thank God Kansas City pulled it off. Oh, my God. That would have been insufferable, dog. That would have been insufferable to yeah. watch them running the streets of Philadelphia eating horse shit again. I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my mind. I hope to never relive those kind of memories at all. We got one more for you on the – uh, Oh, yeah, the Machismo Libre hot sauce uh, burning questions here. Now, we're going to mix a little bit of Billy Madison show here with a little bit of uh, Degenerate Derek here on this last one, man. What's worse in your opinion here? What is worse, cheating on your girl or fixing games? Hmm. I would have to say fixing games for sure because it's just like you're messing with people's money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is, you know, cheating on your girl, like that shit, like it happens. You don't mean for it too, but like sometimes, you know, like fucking, oh, you know, you're Different area code accounts. Zip code area code. It's not even that. It's just like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, fuck, baby. You know, but facing the music, bro. Like, I mean, facing the music to know, you know, it. You got to. It starts to eat you up inside. It starts to eat you up inside. If you got a heart, if not, you're just a savage. Which there's a lot of savages out there. But that's you know what for that. I I I say it all the time to Billy. I'm like, you know what, like, and now girls are like starting to savage us, and now we're boohooing about it. But it's like we created that monster. Oh, they're like you know what we're yeah and it's just like oh man there's nothing worse bro you have to admit there's nothing worse than knowing a girl's like cheating on a dude and it's like oh my god oh my uh, god right here dude it's like right oh man i've been there. what i've my you've been uh, there, you've been... an old girlfriend oh. of mine really took me to the cleaners and uh that could be an entire probably billy madison segment there so uh, my uh, next girlfriend sad, of mine, though. that sounds sad 
you know yeah it's a pretty sad story and you know now with you've mentioned 28 to 3 and now this ex-girlfriend thing i i'm definitely gonna hit the uh the case of beer when we're done with this show because now i'm getting all in my feels bro that ain't good at all homie that ain't good at all but nonetheless you should remember that what it's good it's good to remember those things it's good to uh, remind yourself that life could always be worse you're damn right. And I'm glad life isn't worse right now. We got one more. Dude. This is the especially the special leaf tea. Uh, cool question. So I can't be picked. This is a definite. You can't pick Rudy Compost no matter how much you want to. Who's the coolest person you have ever interviewed or talked to being a part of the show? Um, man, I hate interviews, to be honest with you. Like, um, just because... It, except for if they're in studio, like I hate phone interviews. Uh, in studio interviews could be hit or miss. I would say it really is a toss up. Um, the nicest guy we've ever interviewed was rest in peace, Chris Cornell. He yeah. was literally like he was a beautiful person. He really was. Uh, he was the nicest, kindest guy that I had ever seen. Like just interact with people, um, and genuine too. Uh, one of the best interviews, low key, that we ever did was Edge from WWE. Just because during the time, like with context, it was just such a great interview. And it was after he kind of like had retired from the WWE, but like he hadn't talked at all. And so it was like kind of like a big interview for us um, because it got us a lot of press. Um, Man, bro, it's been so long since we've done interviews. I know we've done some cool ones and I'm trying to think, but it's just like. I smoke so much weed, like it, <laughs> and my my memory, bro, my memory, it it, it fails me bad. Um, and it and could be somebody you talked to, been, like you just met him. They don't have to be an interview. Just somebody you met uh, in your lifetime. Um, meeting George Foreman was pretty cool. Also, meeting Juggalo Phil was pretty cool. Juggalo Phil was this guy who used to call into our show, yeah. and he uh, he had just got out of jail um for he was serving time because he tried to rob the burger king that he worked at um and they like they they recognized him and they were hey phil we know that's you and he was like oh shit and so he just sat down he sat down in the booth and waited for the cops to come there and then arrest him it's like the funniest fucking like stupid story of all time um he was one of the most interesting people that i've ever met just because of the way he lived his life (laughs) just like his in juggalos to me were always fascinating. Uh, we've met a lot of mutants, like with the style of show we do. Like we've met a lot of characters over the years. Yeah, uh, you know, one that stands out to me is this guy named Dancing Dick, who <laughs> it's it, he inspired to be a Chippendales dancer, and he had like all these like horrendous like um, skin tags all over his body. Like he was born oh, with them, and I mean he was covered, but like. He would come to our events and he would he not asked by anybody. He would just dress in his Chippendales gear with like just the necktie, no shirt, uh, pants. And he would rip his pants off and stuff like that and start going to town. And it was the funniest shit because he was like the most disgusting person I'd ever seen in my life. So it's just like, you know, it, that was back in the days where it was like an American <laughs> Idol would have those people come out and do, comp- you know, for the singing. And yeah. they would air like the more the worst ones you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. Like that was the style of radio we kind of do. Just the kind of like it was our own version of the whack pack. But there's a reason why the whack pack worked with Stern is because like those people are their stories are just so interesting and they're oh, yeah. so honest. They're so honest and open. 
Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, they live crazy, bro. They live crazy. We we had this one dude, his name was Biker Fox. You can Google him. Google, do yourself a favor, Google Biker Fox. And it's going to be this guy comes up, he has a skullet, and he's always wearing like uh, bicycle uniforms. Mm-hmm. And he has the biggest cock you've ever seen in your life. And he would Jesus. ride around, he would ride his bike everywhere in Tulsa with his cock just like right there. And he would like go to, he would like ride his bike to bars and like go pick up, he was, this dude was a legend. And we found out that he lived with like 40 raccoons, like in his house. What the fuck? Yeah. And it was just like, bro, what are we like? This is insane. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it's just like when you open that door, that's why the phone calls, I, I always love the phone calls and like meeting people like that. Cause you just never know who you're going to meet. And the phone call is just like, you're opening a door that you don't know what's on the other side of it. And yeah. that part has always been intriguing to us and interesting to us. So I've met, the characters between the characters and the celebrities has been, you know, it's been cool. Um, I gotta be honest. Like I haven't really met a celebrity that I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like I wanted to meet him, but it's just like, I think my celebrities are like just two a list that I would want to meet. Like I don't freak out about the WWE guys and yeah. you know, the things like that, you know, I, I have, I've never met like Tim Duncan or anybody. I probably would kind of like, you know, I mean, he's a pretty big star, you know, He's okay. He's kind of big. He he was, you know, God love the Spurs, bro. I was so I was so thankful when I moved down here in 2011, 2011, and then I got to experience like what a big like a bigger city's championship parade is. 2014. That was like, yeah. oh, mm, that was that was right when we were balls deep in San Antonio too. I never felt more San Antonio than that moment, and that was so cool. Like that was a night that was just like, that was awesome. Like that was an awesome thing to yeah. experience. Hell yeah, dude. Back in the day, right, when you could watch the Spurs, now it's just like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, now I don't even – I don't even have cable anymore, so it's kind of a good thing that they're – Who does? Who has cable? <laughs> well, shit, man, you can't stream the damn game anywhere. I freaking – what is it? Bally Sports can't stream shit anywhere. So, oh, well, I mean, you got to have some kind of cable or something to watch the Spurs, but like you no said – No shit, okay, of, yeah. See, I watch zero NBA, so it's just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of at that point too with the league. Like I said earlier, it's just a shitty league. But you know what I watch? You know what I watch right now? I watch I watch Ukraine versus Russia. I watch that on YouTube. Um, you ever want to do a geopolitical uh, conspiracy podcast? I'm your guy. I'm your fucking do, guy. We can do whatever you want. In fact, you said podcast. I went to Indeed right now and I looked up uh, Degenerate Derek co-host and not posted yet. Hit me up. Shoot me a text when it posts, because maybe I can apply for that, man. Just FYI. But yes, hey, sir. dude, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10, Billy Madison Show, 995 Kiss. Derek from Billy Madison Show joining us tonight. That's where you can hear him every single Monday through Friday. It's the best show in town, the number one show in town. Degenerate Derek podcast. Maybe one day I can kind of chop it up, give you my five games of the week as Derek gives you his as well. But nonetheless, you can definitely catch me and Derek on Twitter and just catch us on social media, man. Uh, But hey, dude, I appreciate you joining me tonight, man. It's been fun. I hope we can do this again some other time. I mean, this is Anytime, brother. Anytime. always going to be good to go. But uh, again, thank you for joining us here on Sweep the League. Special EFT, go order your special EFT. And also Machismo Libre, hit up that Etsy store. So for Derek, it's Rudy Campos Jr. Until we sweep the league again next time, we'll see you guys soon. 